Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. And welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Mackie and Judd show. Um, Mackie is off today, but full disclosure by the miracle of the podcast system, Mackie will be here for segment two, Wait, which really? of course is write that down. Oh, wow. Where we are stupid enough to not only make predictions, that's the fun part, but then keep track of those predictions, and some of us don't do really well. I'm doing great. And some guys like Declan Goff, who produces this show, don't have a lot of at-bats, and therefore they benefit, and they, and they bunt a lot. You know what? Crew did bunt a lot. He did. Stole home, too. I, I'm I'm, strong. I'm Rock Crew. I can't help it. So, uh, write that down with uh, Mackie Zolgad and Declan Goff will be in uh, segment two. But um, let's start with uh, let's start with some twins talk, and let's start with our guy Jake DePew. What's up, Jake DePew? How are you today? I am doing well. How are you, Judd? I am. I am doing well. I am doing better because I forgot that today. And happy Bobby Bonilla Day to you. Yes. Today is Bobby Bonilla Day. Every year until 2035, one of the most recalcitrant, uh, cantankerous former players in baseball gets a check from the Mets for a, essentially $1.2 million as part of the agreement when he was uh, let go, when he um, when the team opted out of his contract. And Benia said, well, that's fine if you do that, but instead of giving me a lump sum, just cut me a check every July 1st of $1.2 million dollars. He might have been cantankerous. He might have been recalcitrant, but Bobby Bonilla was a bleeping genius, Jake DePew. He absolutely was, and I love that you use the word recalcitrant. It's a great word. uh, I love it. That's impressive. I don't even think I know what it means. but It it means you're an a-hole. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, I've been celebrating all morning. Bobby Bonilla Day. It's a it's a huge day uh, in the DePew household, and uh, I I hope it's a big day for you guys as well. Definitely is. Definitely is. Yes. Let yeah. me start you off with this one on the Twins and baseball, because you are probably as passionate a baseball fan as I know. Um, how are you feeling right now when it comes to the big picture of of actually uh, playing the 60-game season in 2020? And, and after all that we've been through to get to this, are you feeling good now, Jake DePew? Are, are you feeling conflicted? Are you feeling concerned that they're going to try to start, but they're not going to be able to get through because of COVID-19? 
So my heart is feeling very full today uh, <laughs> because it's, I guess, the equivalent of pitchers and catchers report, except instead of pitchers and catchers report, it's pitchers and catchers get tested for COVID-19 and then have to quarantine for 48 hours as they await their results. Yeah. Um, not quite as exciting, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, that part of me is, is really happy because I am obsessed with baseball, as you said, and it's been a very weird, depressing summer without it. Um, but logically, as I think about this, I, I have trouble seeing them get through the entire season. And I really, really hope I'm wrong about that. But based on all the outbreaks we've seen already, uh, you know, with the Phillies and the Blue Jays and other teams, I think it's going to be tough, man. I think it's going to be really tough uh, for them to get through 60 games and a full postseason. But, you know, if we get any baseball, yep. honestly, at this point, I'll be I'll be happy. So, yeah, it's a big day. It's fun to have something to talk about. Uh, but let's see how let's see how this testing goes. You know, let's see how many players test positive over the next you know twenty four hours because I have a feeling it's going to be more than a couple. So if I trusted players and young men more, which I frankly do not, um, I would feel that there might be a chance. But Jake, I just don't see with this many guys not being in a bubble and traveling, and there's only so much because you can pass out rules, right? You can't do this and you can't leave that and you can and there's always going to be a couple per team of goof ups who are like, ah, I can go out to a bar or something. If I trusted that players were going to follow the rules, I would say it would it was going to be extremely difficult to get through the entire season, but it might be doable. But my trust uh, per team in saying that there's going to be two or three guys who who you can't trust makes me really dubious because of the fact that I think in any non-bubble sport, you're just going to have guys who say, I'm young, if I get it, who cares? And they don't get this, well, yeah, but if you share it, we're all in trouble. Yeah, and I, when I think about what I was like at 23, mm-hmm. 24 years old, if you added you Amen. Know, a couple million dollars in my bank account yes. to add to that, uh, I, I probably would be going out, and I'd probably be like, screw it. Uh, you know, if I get this, I'm going to be fine. I'm a, I'm a pro athlete, you know, whatever. I'm not going to waste my, my youth sitting in a hotel room. So like, I can't as, as crappy as it would be and as selfish as that, as it would be for players to do that, I can't totally blame them if they do it. Cause I probably would have done the same thing when I was that age. And, and I think the other thing is even if all of the players behave, uh, you know, if their wife goes to Starbucks to grab a coffee in the morning and the Starbucks employee has COVID and, you know, she gets it that way and gives it to him, then he infects, you know, half the team without even doing anything wrong. So it's not even necessarily that the players will do something wrong. You know, I mean, there's so many different ways to get this. um, And that's what makes it a logistical nightmare. And, you know, I think the bubble thing that the NBA is doing is, is better. Uh, That's not, you know, fail proof either, but um, I think that has a better chance to succeed. But they're doing it for a shorter amount of time. There are fewer teams. Um, there are fewer players. So I think that is probably not realistic for for baseball. Jake, so when, it's it's an uphill battle, man. It's going to be an uphill battle for sure. When when you look at all the prospects they're invited on the sixty man roster and with with no minor league season, it, do you think that creates a more incentive to keep someone like Brent Rooker or Trevor Larnick or Royce Lewis around, or like if they don't make the thirty and then twenty six man roster, they're just are they just going to sit on their keisters like for the next nine months? Like, what does it mean for essentially the top prospects with no minor league season in, in the back end? 
Yeah, well, it's it's a huge blow for player development for all of those guys. I think, I mean, Royce Lewis and Larnick and Rooker, I, I think they'll be part of the taxi squad even if they don't make the team. So theoretically, they'd still be like training at what is it, CHS Field? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think they'll I think they'll still have them and be able to run them through drills. But obviously, you know, not playing in games for an entire season um, is a huge blow. And I think if the Twins either Let's say the season happens, and you know, with 10, 15 games left, they have either clinched a playoff spot or they're totally out of it. I think you would see them maybe bring some of those guys up just so they'll get some reps. Uh, and they'll probably go to, if there's an Arizona Fall League, they'll probably send them there. But, yeah, I mean, like Jordan Balazovic, he, he's not even on the, the 60-man, you know? So he, is he just not going to pitch in a game? Why or? was that, do you think, I Jake? Know. I was, That's a weird I was one. surprised. I was surprised because they were going to probably start him at double-A. Um, so, it's, you know, he's not that far off. And, and I figured they would have at least, you know, brought him to the to the 60-man just so they could have him in their, kind of in their orbit, you know, and um, and be able to, to, to watch him pitch and give him feedback. And, you know, even if he's not going to pitch in a big league game. So, but I have no idea why they didn't invite him. I was really expecting to see him. Um, but, yeah, it's a huge blow, man. I mean, I guess the only – the only thing is that it's equal for everybody, you know. I mean, all of these teams are going to have have to have their prospects basically sit out a year. I think the one difference between the Twins and somebody like the Tigers, the Tigers invited a lot more prospects to their sixty man because they know they have no chance, right? And so why not get them there and get them experience? Whereas Twins are trying to win, and so you you can only invite a certain number of these guys because you want guys on the field that can actually, you know, win and compete. Off so. that point, uh, uh, Jake DePew. If the Twins, and, and this is going to be the one thing that we might f- uh, find out about the construction of these 60-man rosters, if the Twins were to lose, look, let's say COVID-19 runs through the clubhouse and they lose seven players, how uh, well-positioned depth-wise are they to to at least uh, be able to stay somewhat competitive? Because there is going to, to be a team, if we see this thing through, there's going to be a team or two that comes up against that, and then the question becomes, do you have enough veteran quad-A type of players who can at least keep you somewhat competitive? Because if you throw in a bunch of your you know, top double-A or A prospects, you're probably going to be sunk pretty quick for 2020. Yeah, it's a really good point. And I think they're in really good shape depth-wise. Um, they have so many guys now. Like all these top prospects that we've been talking about for a long time, like Rooker and Larnick and and Lewis and Kirilov, uh, they're all in Double A AA or Triple A, or would have been in Double A AA or Triple A to start the season. So, uh, yeah, if we see you know ten guys go down or whatever, they have a lot of pitching depth. They've got a like they were already going to cycle through fifteen or sixteen pitchers at least in a normal season, um, and so I think they're actually in really good shape. And you might see guys like Nick Gordon. Like, we've been waiting to see Nick Gordon for, like, five years now, you know? <laughs> I know. Like, he, I know. He was, he was mashing at, at double-A in, like, 2017, and, you know, we were writing, or at least I was writing articles, like, is it time to call up Nick Gordon? And, like, here we are in 2020, and he still hasn't even debuted. So, like, they've got a lot of guys like that who they could count on, but, you know, that's assuming those guys don't get it either. So, um, I think compared to most of the teams in the Central, the Twins are, are well-positioned. Uh, from a depth perspective, but it, man, it's just so impossible to predict what's oh, yes. happen. Definitely, you know, and like, I mean, what, I just if they lose like ten guys, I don't. They probably just forfeit game. I mean, 
at some point you just <laughs> you can't just run out pitchers who haven't pitched at all, right? Like you could run out position players. Like you could call up Royce Lewis and he could play ten games for you or whatever. But um, are you going to call up some guy who hasn't pitched other than you know throwing some bullpens in his backyard? You know, for the last nine months. Do you have to though? I mean, is that going to be an option to say, well, you you know what, we can't play for two nights. Well, yeah, I mean, I think if you lose enough guys, right, like either you forfeit the game or you call up guys who weren't even on the 60-man, potentially. I, I, I just, that's the whole logistical nightmare right. of this. Like, are you just going to be calling guys up uh, off the street, you know, like somebody like DJ Baxendale, right, who he's, he's been a AAA, just organizational J- Jake, guy the, for the, the Mets just signed Milky Cabrera off the that. street because of this. Because the the DH is now going to be in play for the Mets, and because of exactly what you said, which is which is basically, do we go onto the street and pick up what I guess is considered to be veteran garbage and throw it in our dugout? Because God forbid, we might need it. Yeah, I mean, you absolutely might need it, and I think the quality of play is going to suffer a lot this year because not only are guys going to go down with COVID, but like. All these guys have had their whole like baseball players are creatures of habit, right? Yes. Maybe more than any other sport, they've had their whole off season, you know, completely uh, thrown out the window. Like you know, they've started to ramp up in March and then had to shut it all down, and now they're trying to come back quickly. There are going to be so many guys that go down with hamstring injuries or like oblique injuries, things like that, in the first month. I think it's just going to be survival of the fittest, essentially, and just who gets luckiest is going to win the World Series. I don't think who, whoever wins the World Series, I think talent is going to be secondary to, to just health and like survival. Which is, you know? which is why I contend that bringing sports back is going to be fun, and God knows we need a diversion, right? So I'll go down that path, but that's why I also think that you can't legitimately say, yeah, do you remember 2020 when our team won it or didn't win yeah. it? I I've said this. I will not dump on the Twins either way. I will not dump on them because because 60 games is so few, and you just said a lot of the things that are going to factor in. This is going to be, I don't think in 20 years we're, we're going to look back at the 2020 campaign and say, you know what, I forgot. They only played 60 games. This season is, is going to have a star, an asterisk, um, some type of label by it forever because there's no way that you can look back and, and be like, you know, I, I completely forgot, and man, were the Dodgers good in 2020. It's not going to work in my mind that way. Oh, I, I totally agree. But what I will say is just from, like, an emotion perspective and, mm-hmm. like, a healing perspective, you know, like there's all that talk after 9-11 about how, like, baseball helps heal the country, things like that. Like, whether you, you might buy into that, you might not. But let's say the Twins made a run, you know, they, they finally got past the Yankees and, and, you know, overcame the Astros and won the World Series. Yeah, maybe it's not legitimate from, like, a statistics perspective, right. but that would bring a lot of joy to a lot of people who have been suffering. And, you know, so if they can get through the season, what, whichever team wins, it's going to bring a lot of joy to people. And so I'm fine with it. Like, I just want sports and baseball in, in any you know what sort of possible. You know what sort of killed my joy on baseball, though? What sort of and and this is not uh, solely uh, to the COVID nineteen. What sort of killed my joy on the two thousand twenty season was just all of the BS to get here. 
All of oh, the, yeah. it's like this could have been, this could have been such a feel good. Hey, they, you, yeah, they played 80 games, but man, they played them and, you know, in the face of COVID-19 and a pandemic and, and, you know, Manfred and the boys really deserve credit. And instead they made this as laborious and as unpleasant as they possibly could. Perhaps I'll forget that, but it just seemed to me that, that give it an opportunity to do what you're talking about, I think, which is help people heal. They instead sort of tore off your scab about eight times, poured salt in, and then said, I oh, will play. Yeah, the idiocy of the, the negotiations was just so mind-blowingly stupid and frustrating and tone deaf. Like, it, it turned me I mean, like you said, I'm as big a baseball fan as possible, and it really turned me off. Like, you cannot... If you want to do that crap in private, that's one thing. But to put out these statements and basically give a big F you to your fans by putting out all these statements, you know, attacking the other side, like it was so gross. And I don't blame, like I love baseball so much that I'll watch no matter what, but I wouldn't blame any casual fan or any fan, period, for being so turned off that they just say, screw it, I'll, I'm going to watch the NBA and the NHL. Because they had a ch- It could be opening day. Guys, it could be opening day in three days. If they had just gotten their crap together, <laughs> like it, it, it should be opening day right now. We should all be gearing up. Can yep. you imagine a July 4th opening day? Like, yep. you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the most patriotic guy in the world by any means, but like that would be pretty special. Like that would be, that would be a really cool thing. And there is absolutely no reason that that shouldn't be happening other than Manfred and the owners. And the players did some some stuff too, but honestly, I feel like ninety percent of the fault lies with with the owners just being cheap, and some of them didn't want a season at all. And it's like you're supposed to be the stewards of the game, and you want fewer games. Like what? That doesn't make any sense. And like you can't owning a business is a risk, right? You can't have like twenty straight great years and then say, oh well, this one year where we're going to lose money, we're just not, we're just going to shut it all down. Like that's not how this should work, especially when you have you know, so many people who are uh, invested in it. And, and it just shows you that the mindset of the owners and, and Manfred, they, like, they don't care about the fans at all. It's just about making as much money as possible. And we all knew that, but I think we all kind of hoped that, you know, in a pandemic and in a, a time of, of incredible civil unrest and all everything that's going on in the country, you would have thought that maybe they would find a way to, to get it done, and they didn't. And it's embarrassing for the sport. It really is, Jake. When you look it's at it's not over. Yeah, I know what you mean, man. When when you look at the uh, rule changes too, with the obviously runner at second base and extras and universal DH, and I, I know they've claimed that in 2021, assuming if it's 162 games and COVID is away, we're going to go away with from those rules, and then there's going to be a impending lockout because the CBA runs out. Do you think that these rule changes that they're experimenting with have legs on them that they could be implemented in future seasons down the road? Yeah, I mean. I- Definitely the universal DH, I think, is here to stay. I, I know they're saying they might go back to it in 2021, but I have a hard time seeing that uh, going anywhere. I, I think the universal DH is here to stay. I think the second base, the runner on second, I, I hate that personally. Um, I'm a little bit more of a baseball purist. I think if that brings excitement to the game, yep. then then that's fine. You know what? And, I get I I am a purist too, but I get it. Yeah, I get it. And, and I, as a guy who, who sat with Dex in Target Field and like back to back weeks and watched parts of what a 17 inning game and a 19, just something ridiculous. You know, uh, Jake DePew in 2020, I get the need for that 
at least in the regular season, playoffs is a different creature, right. but in the regular season, I get the need for that not to happen. Oh, yeah, totally. And, and you know, I mean, those games get incredibly long and, and boring, and, like, people tune out, and who could play? Like, nobody has time to sit through a five-and-a-half-hour, 17-inning game. So, Declan like, did, actually. Twice. I mean, it's... it's <laughs> what's that? I, I, I did it twice. We I did said both, De- both those did. games. I was at both of them, and, uh, yeah, I sat through uh, an 18- and 17-inning game all in a... To in a one week span, it was horrible. It was horrible. I'm well, sick in the head, though. Yeah, but that, but you guys are grinders. You know, you, you grind it out, and I I I have a lot of respect for that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if they do something like let let's go let's go to the extreme and say they end you know any game tied after nine innings, you have a home run derby to end it. Like, man, I would hate that. But can you imagine how many millennials and Gen Z like they would love that? That would get them to actually tune in and care about baseball. And if they want to do something crazy like that for one year, I'm all for it. Because as you said, this year doesn't really mean anything from a statistical perspective. Like you can't crown a true, true champion. So let's just go crazy with the rule changes. And that's and what I said. What Amen, brother. Players. That's exactly yeah. what I said. If you're ever going to screw around with, with baseball, do it in a 60 game season because right there it's compromised, right? I'm with oh, you. Yeah. Do everything you possibly, if you want to start, you know, if you want to throw a 10th guy out there or something, do it in 2020 and let's see it now because I don't want want to see it in 2021. The concern, of course, is that, and this is a, a real detractor, Jake, from the Twins standpoint, the concern is that we are going to see uh, 2021 played and hopefully the Twins do really well because we're not going to see 2022 because I don't see how they uh, get past some type of uh, work stoppage that year. And that's the problem here, I think, for uh, for the Twins. They've got a lot of nice young players coming up the pike, and I get that. But, you know, Donaldson, Cruz, those guys are – the clock is ticking. And the team that we saw going into spring training in February uh, in Florida, you thought to yourself, okay, the window here is probably, what, a couple years, maybe three years and now, and now you're thinking to yourself, if this team doesn't achieve the ultimate success, assuming that we have a full 2021 uh, season, they're going to be in big trouble because after 2021, I think you, I think you have a serious conversation unless somebody finds God real soon. The 2022 is not going to be played. Exactly, and that and that's what's so frustrating for Twins fans. They've been waiting. Twins fans have been waiting for so long for the team to really go for it. And, and they were. This, year, this was the year, right? I mean, they signed Donaldson. They traded, yes. for, they traded a top prospect, which they, you know, Falvey and Levine hate doing that, for Kenta Maeda. Like, this team was positioned to win the World Series this year. Absolutely. Like, they were a top three team in the American League, for sure, in my mind. And to see it, you know, if not totally canceled, you know, played in, in this environment where you can't really crown a true champion – it's totally disappointing, and, and maybe they'll have one more crack at it in 2021, but after that, you know, it's probably, you know, if there's a lockout, it'll be rebuild time after that, and guys are going to start to go. I mean, Rosario will be non-tendered, I think, next year, because he's going to be owed $10 million. Hmm. Owners are going to be cutting, you know, payroll mm-hmm. like crazy. <laughs> he's probably, he's probably going to be gone, you know, and, and other guys might be gone. Cruz will probably be gone, um, and so it's like, it, I really felt like this was the year. I really did, and so... <laughs> I mean, it's you know, there's nothing you could do about it. There's a global pandemic, but like, man, it's it's really bad timing because they had a plan and they were implementing it, and the window was wide open, and you know, 
who knows what's going to happen now. Uh, it's, it's, it's really unfortunate, but that's, that's Minnesota sports. Amen, yeah, brother. That's, that's, that's how it goes around here. Two-part question. Part one, what are you most confident about as we discuss this right now when it comes to the 2020 Twins? I am in, in assuming the season gets played. Yeah, yeah. Let's just say we start and let's say they play 60 games. What, what are you most emboldened or confident about right now about th- this team in a, in a shortened, altered schedule? Uh, I am most confident that their starting pitching is going to be really, really good, assuming Rich Hill is healthy. Because their rotation of Barrios, Rich Hill, Maeda, Odorizzi, mm-hmm. and then fill in the blank for number five, I mean, that is a really good rotation. Like, that's pretty legit. And the whole point of signing Rich Hill was to have him for the second half in the, in the postseason, right? Like, if he can give you 10 starts, that's great. Well, that's all he could give you now in a 60-game season. And so if he's healthy... I think their starting pitching is going to be outstanding. Um, so I'm most confident in that. I'm confident in the offense not being historically good, but but being really good. I think they're still a playoff team, but there's so much variance in a 60-game season that you can't be sure of that. Uh, but I do think their starting pitching is going to be better than we've seen in a long, long time. Flip side, what are you least confident about when it comes to, in a shortened season, the 2020 Twins? Uh, what concerns well, you now? Yeah, uh, there's a lot that concerns me, but I think guys getting off to slow starts, you know, because they don't have their timing, and pitchers are always ahead of hitters, right at the beginning of spring training. Um, and so, for a team that does, even though I, I do think their starting pitching is going to be really good, for a team that relies on their offense, if these guys get off to slow starts, yeah, uh, that could be big trouble. You know, if Max Kepler is slumping to start the year. It, or you know, Sano's always a slow starter. If he doesn't get it going until mid-August, it might be too late. You know, especially if they don't have expanded playoffs. Which, yep. by the way, if you're going to have one year for expanded playoffs, I know. have it in a 60-game season. Like, I know. Figure that out. I know. How how do you not do that on both sides? How do you not do right. that for this year? This this was the year because because you are going to have at least one, if not more than one, really pretty damn good team go through some weird slump and miss the playoffs entirely, and it's going to be fluky. This was the year where you should have said we're opening up this puppy to a lot of teams. Yep, exactly, exactly. And let me say one more thing. Here's what I'm actually most confident about. And if you want to include this and write that down, then you should include it. Okay. Luis Arise is going to hit over 350 this year. His batting average mm. will be above 350 at the end of the year. Mm. There's no one better positioned to hit for a really, really high average in a, in a small sample size than Luis Arise. That I mean, he, he he's the real deal. He puts the ball in play. He hits it hard. He never strikes out. Uh, he doesn't seem like a guy that's going to be affected by you know a short ramp up. I, he's he's going to. I think he might lead the league in hitting. MLB Network uh, radio a couple days ago, actually somebody I forget who the commentator was threw his name out as a guy who very well could hit 400. Of course, it's in a 60 game season, so it doesn't mean much. But uh, they they were asking who would be the candidates to possibly. And the 60 games uh, hitting 400 or better, and I believe Luisa Rise was the first name that got thrown out. All you have to do is watch that plate appearance against Edwin Diaz. Do you guys remember that? Is that when he came Jonathan. in off the bench, like hold 3-0? Yeah. Or 0-2? Yeah. yeah. For Cruz. Owen, yeah, exactly. Cruz got hurt. Yep, Scoop, uh, Scope got hurt. It was oh, Scope. Scope got hurt on an 0-2 count. Mm-hmm. 
Arise comes in totally cold, facing Edwin Diaz throwing 100 miles an hour, yep. fouls off like 10 pitches, and eventually draws a walk. <laughs> that was the best at bat I've ever seen in my, in my life. Not, that's not even hyperbole. It's the best at bat I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and it just, he's going to be a superstar. Did you see Carew really, play at all? No, I, that was before my time. Okay, okay, okay. Fair enough, then. Then but, it counts. But, <laughs> yeah, yes. But he's that type of guy, right? Yep. Like, I mean, Carew never struck out, just slap hitter. Yes. Uh, could hit the, you know. Very much, Go yes. to all fields, uh, could bunt. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Arise is the real deal. Like, his defense isn't that great, but, man, he is going to hit for such a high average, and, and uh I'm really excited to watch him. Nobody even knew who he was. I know. You know? The Twins Nobody barely knew who he was, Jake. I know. I know. I mean, a year ago, I guess a year and three months ago during spring training, I barely even heard his name. And it's like, I mean, he came out of no. I mean, his minor league statistics were always good, but nobody. it was all Nick Gordon, right? Nick Gordon, Nick Gordon, Nick Gordon. Arise is... Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's very legit. And uh, he's going to do big things this year. Write that down. Write okay. it down. Got it. Write it down, Judd. We'll do that. Thank you, Jacob. Right. Appreciate the time as always. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk Appreciate to you. Bye. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Yeah, so it's a Write That Down Wednesday here, a mini episode of Mackie and Judd, but we don't want to go away on a long Fourth of July weekend without fulfilling our Write That Down obligations here to each other. So we'll make predictions and then make each other look like morons in a second, but a couple quick thank yous. Number one to Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard. I can tell you, so I am, uh, I'm, I'm venturing out for the first time in like six months. Like we've gone to some patios and stuff, but, um, we're going to go to a full stadium. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that, but we are going to, we are going to road trip up north and just get some social distant hiking in and go check out the North Shore and, uh, and soak in some, some fresh air and things like that. So I love road tripping in my 2019 RAV4. I love the safety features, lane departure. And uh, all the technology that helps turn my car's speakers into my smartphone, basically, with that Entune system and with Apple CarPlay. And right now, some great summer deals, including 0% interest for 60 months on all certified pre-owned Camrys and RAV4s. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Also... Federated has really been uh, amazing about helping to raise money for Big Brothers Big Sisters over the last 15 years or so. Almost $38 million raised, partnering with their dedicated sponsors and other individual contributors. And uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters has just become such a great one-to-one mentoring program. The largest one-to-one and oldest youth mentoring organization in the United States Little brothers and little sisters who are mentored by big brothers, big sisters tend to do better in schools. They're more likely to attend college. Uh, The impacts of one-to-one mentoring just go beyond academic success. They also make better decisions and have stronger social emotional skills, which are often predictors of success. It's just a great cause. Big brothers, big sisters. You can find out more about the cause at federatedchallenge.org. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Write that down. Write this down. And last week... 
Declan Goff coming in oh, with, yeah. with very few at bats, and I have a story about that. But uh, but Declan has been off to a hot start in his rookie season. His first, you had some at bats previously, but not enough to qualify as a rookie. So this is your rookie. Write that down. All season. right. Sweet. Who is Declan Goff? This this hot as a rookie, Judd Zilgad. Is this like is he the Albert Pujols? Is Ichiro Suzuki, my win batting champion and MVP in the same season. I told you guys last Pete week. Pete Alonso. I told you okay. guys last week. He's Chris Calabella. Wow. He's Chris That's, Calabella. Wow. She's throwing shade, man. Get ready to be in Rochester by July, Casting kid. Shade. All right, sounds good, Bluff. I'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm gonna have a great, great June. I've had a great June. Okay, so, hit a lot of home runs. So I had uh, socially distant patio beverages, patio claws with our guy Rami, former batting average leader Rami Makloff, last week at a little t- little taco shop in Uptown. It was great, and I told him. Because I think it was last Wednesday we went. It was just a few hours after we got done with Write That Down. I said, listen, I hate to break it to you, Rami, but you lost the batting average lead today. And and he said two things. Number one, he said he would definitely love to come on at some point, maybe a couple different times throughout the year, and at least have a chance to throw some more predictions out. welcome. Yes. He wants to take some swings. Absolutely. And then the second thing he said, he asked, how many at-bats does Declan have? He's right. Does he even qualify for the batting average? So That's, you're getting people yeah. are attacking your oh, your well. lack of at bats. Same right? thing yeah, I said hate, last week. People hate greatness. I completely understand it. They yeah. think that when the scouting catches up to Declan, that he's going to fall off a cliff. Pimping ain't easy. I get it. It's fine. He got off to a tough start and then started <laughs> yeah. bunting continuously. Bunting. Yeah, well, and the bunts have turned. The official in. score still rules that a single. No, you're right. So. You're right. I'm just I'm I'm analyzing what has taken place. Okay. You are correct. Okay, you have the lead. Before we get to our accountability session, did you ever go back and find out? We had some controversy last oh. week. Last week, we, we, we marked you incorrect on, uh, on, on the cap is off. I did not go back and check. Okay. So, so it's, it, it's an out for now. Okay. I will, I will, I will do my due diligence. I thought it was a baseball nice season. Weekend. I thought it was your call on the baseball oh, yeah, schedule. Oh, right? yeah. The, the baseball one. Yes. I will go, I will I go th- back and I think that. you got screwed. I did. Thank you. Go check them no, both out. Now you're but praising I, me. And but I don't know okay. for sure. Got it. No, Listen, I, I, I know when a prediction's right and I, I know when it's wrong. I just go off what's in the notes. Yeah. I cut and paste. Just, I just read what's on the prompt. You read what's on the prompt. Yeah. I get it. I totally get it. All right. So here's how write that down works. Three predictions from everybody each week. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff. And we always welcome in a guest listener predictor. Uh, Matt is going to be our guest listener predictor when he's not helping us figure out uh, which which prospects the Gophers have been looking at. He's uh, he's taking swings and write that down with us. And uh, and we go through an accountability session every week where we keep track of each other's batting averages and home runs on the season. If you have interest as a listener in participating in this segment, just uh, slide into my DMs on Twitter at Phil Mackey. Don't be creepy. Just slide in and ask, can I get into the write that down? Can they DM you if you don't follow them? Yeah, you can turn those on, which yeah. I do. Yep. That's very nice of you. Yeah, you can follow. You can DM me even That's if I don't. That's very nice it. of you. That's something I would never do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I am a man of the people. You Damn are. It. You can hit me up. Darn it. You. So all right, let's get to the accountability session here, boys. Let's Write do this it. down. We'll start with Judd. Judd Zolgad, you said Cam Newton will sign with the Jaguars for the upcoming season. Mm. Oh, that's an oldie but goodie. Did not happen. Nope. However. No, you said Man U will beat or draw against Sheffield in EPL action. That was a bunt single. That was a bunt. But it counts. Much yeah. like Declan, that was a bunt. And you said Minnesota will not be a hub city for an NHL return to play. Yeah. It has been ruled out. Yeah, riots have a way of costing you being yeah. a hub city. Yeah. So it would be a great spot if not for, you know. It would have been. Actually, it would have been. Things burning down. Fantastic. Like but You're right. Uh, Jonathan Manny, nothing off the board, nothing off the board. Rami, former batting average leader, 
said Cam Newton will be the starter for at least nine wins in a Chargers playoff season next year. Oh, if he had just left out the team. Wow. He could have kept it on the board. Yeah. Yeah. He was too specific. Now, if the Patriots cut Cam Newton and the Chargers pick him up and this happens, we'll revisit this, but... No, I think you're... Yeah. I told you guys in a Serie A action last week that... Is it Juventus? How do you pronounce it? Um, I got made fun of. Yes, I know. Juventus. I said Juventus. You said Juventus, and I I don't know what it is either. Juventus. I don't even want to say it. Juventus. Juventus. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Over uh, Leche, I said that they'd win by two goals or more. It was a 4 0 shutout last Friday. The goals in Syria keep coming, man. I've seen some shootouts. Yep. Put it on the board. I'm watching some Syria, too. That's correct. And Declan Goff, you said in the Travelers Championship, Bryson DeChambeau, or Bison DeChambeau, as they're calling him, having gained 25 pounds of pure muscle, that he will be in the top 10 after the second round of that tournament. He was tied for 10th. I thought it was technically 9th, but I'll, I'll take the hitting you away. Uh, either way, uh, All he, right. he's in the top 10. Go. And so that brings us to these batting averages on the season. Declan Goff, 467, Oof. still searching for his first home run. Rami, 410 with a home run. Judd, 396 and a home run. Ooh, feel something behind me. I'm putting in the work. And I'm up to 348 with two home runs. Yeah. John Harrison at 252 home runs. Listeners, just 185. Nothing off the board this week. With one home run and Manny Hill with 120 batting average and no home runs on the season. Write it down. You like, like writing down. things down. Poor Manny. All right. It, game never went well for him. We'll get we'll get him on to try and raise that 120 batting average at some point. But well, we should. Matt, what's going on, man? You ready to rock uh, here? I am, guys. Not not a lot, you know. Staying home, uh, trying to avoid uh, viruses and stuff. So not not a whole lot going on. Hey, how do you feel about our Golden Gophers? Are they 12th in the AP? Did I see that preseason AP? 12th in the country. Um, that's pretty, pretty exciting. I hope that they, uh, well, hopefully they can play. I, I just, yeah. At this point, I would even take a bad season uh, if it means they get to play football. So, yeah. so hopefully hopefully they can live up to some of those expectations. Um, I, I think they can. Uh, who knows? I think they can too, but I don't know. In a, in a, it's going to be tough to play, though. Matt's right. And Tanner Morgan. If they don't play, Tanner Morgan's going to be drafted. Yeah. So he'll, he'll be done. So. Um, all right, let's get into it here. We're going to go around and we're going to start with Matt. He'll make his first prediction to Judd, Declan, and then back to me, Phil Mackey. We'll each make three. And uh, you're up, Matt. Write this down. Let's do it. Uh, well, I'll, I'll stick with the gopher talk, and I'm going to say uh, by the class of 2022. So either this signing class coming up or the following, P.J. Fleck will sign a five-star recruit and have a top 15 class. Wow. Wow. So when's the last time the Gophers had a five-star guy? Have they ever had a five-star guy? I don't know if they ever have. I don't think in, in you know, since it's been in the internet recruiting era, they've ever had a five-star. Mm. Do you know something, Matt? Some no, inside no, information there? Uh, no inside information, guys. I have, uh, I have retired from, uh, from the world of covering internet recruiting and, and now just a fan like everybody else. Okay. I mean, Carl Bernstein retired from newspaper writing and, you saw the article he dropped yesterday, so I don't know. Write it yeah. down. You like writing things down. So, Matt, you said by the class of 2022, a top five recruit and then a top 10? No, a five-star recruit. Five-star recruit. And a top five 15 class. 15. Okay. Yep, and they're, they're like knocking on the door of a top 15 or 20 class right now for... Yeah, I may knock that one out this year. We'll see. That's yeah. a rare air for our Golden Gophers. Write it down. You like writing things down. Judd Zilgad. Okay. I believe that we talked about this um, in casual conversation on the Mackey and Judd show last week, but I'm going to commit it to the write that wow. down pile. 
Angel Hernandez will be the first umpire to eject a player this season in MLB. For any reason, right? For any reason, okay. but but my but my sense the the reason why I'm predicting this is my sense is that someone someone's going to have strike three called and like take a step towards good old Angel and he's going to run him because he's going to violate the social distancing <laughs> rule. So Angel Hernandez will be the first umpire though for any reason to eject a player. Right. That's pretty good. Write it down. You like writing things down. Over to Declan. All right. A prominent Twins player will test positive for COVID between now and the next two weeks. So by July twenty fifth, by the July fifteenth, we will hear news of a prominent Twins player. Now we need to define prominent. Sure. So a, an everyday player from last year or Josh Donaldson. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. So about, Marwin Gonzalez would count there. Yeah. He was kind of an everyday player. Yeah. And I know you know they might not like release who it is, but there'll be reports. So if like, if there's a report from one of the team reports that, Hey, I heard it was Josh Donaldson. That counts as that player. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. Okay. That's fair. What about Williams Astadio? Are we counting? We're counting. He's prominent. He counts. He's prominent. He counts. He counts. He counts. All right. Write this down. I'll give you Marlon Gonzalez. All right. Write this down. This is another one that we sort of kicked around in casual nature this week. Tongue in cheek. But I'm going to make it official. I think Judd already has this predicted. Uh, so I, I'm going to say Wild does beat Vancouver. Wild does beat Vancouver. <laughs> hockey guy. And then, this is a good one. because Judd already predicted it, All right, Wild beats Vancouver and then gets swept in the first round of the actual playoffs. So wow. they'll, they'll get there and then they'll blow their 12.5% Meanwhile, chance. Meanwhile, the Penguins get, the get upset pick. by the Canadians and the Penguins win the lottery. <laughs> that's a get grand the slam. Pick. Yeah, oh, man. If you want to add the Penguins, that's a grand slam. It's a home run if the, if my parlay comes true. If, the, yeah, if they win is. and then, it and is. then they... Grand sure. slam does not help, unfortunately. We could add that category next year, but we need some more home runs, period. Yeah, we, yeah, that down, we do. So. All right, back to Matt. Uh, you, you, I, that was literally my next one. So. <laughs> you, got, you can make it. You just have to add something to it. So, no, I'm going to turn it around and say Vancouver will beat the Wild, and the Wild will get the number one pick. Whoa! And that's a, Whoa. That's a, that's that's a, a long home run. Yep. That's a Sano bomb into the upper deck in left field. Love it. That would be so much fun if that happened. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, back to Judd. Cam Newton will be the Patriots' starting quarterback in week one. Okay. This Stidham thing is just done. I need some hits. Cam Newton is going to win that job. <laughs> no, just, you can just end it with I need some hits. That's yeah. okay. He's going to win that job. In theory. You Jarrett Stidham. Give me a break. Yeah, you're not signing Cam Newton for $7.5 million. Unless things, well, they have admitted mistakes on signings before, right? Antonio Brown oh, comes absolutely. in, they ditch him right away. Albert Hansworth didn't last long, yes, absolutely. But in right this case, down. I think they, they have every intention of him starting. Back to Declan. Our little EPL action here. West Ham, 17th in the league right now. They will beat or draw Chelsea on Wednesday. Whoa! So if it, I will, oh. I'll say this. If they, if they win, that's obviously a homer. If they draw, that's just a hit, right? Like if, if but they, it's all in one. You're putting it all in one. If you want the home run, it, you have to just say they'll, they'll win. win. No, that I want the winner draw. I want the, I want the, okay. I want. Just it's like you're hit. indicting <laughs> so, yep. someone. Murder two. And man one, just in case, so they can take the lesser charge. The jury Plea, can baby. go with the lesser charge. Plea deal. Plea, yeah, plead them out, Jack McCoy. <laughs> write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. All right, write this down. Gentlemen, I don't know how or why they're doing this, but the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest will take place live on ESPN, hosted, I believe, by our friend Mike Golick Jr., which is, which is perfect. Yep, July 4th, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating so- Contest. 
and get this to make it safer, they're they're taking it inside. Oh, okay. Which again doesn't what? make sense. What? I don't know if that's because they don't want people gathering and that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to just like take it inside and do a socially distant one. It seems okay. like a bad idea, but don't like that. I'm not gonna predict the winner because the winner is always Joey Chestnut, unless he like you know, unless he dislocates his jaw halfway through. I did not know that. I'm gonna predict who finishes second place. Okay. Which is always kind of a rotating cast, okay? Matt Stoney will finish second place in the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Great name for a Matt Stoney. Matt Stoney, uh, actually, he he won this thing. He's the he's the guy that won it between Kobayashi and uh, Joey Chestnut. Like Kobayashi's out now, right? He got banned or something. Yeah, he's something in a different. He's in a different league. Yep, he's in a different league. And uh, Matt Stoney has kind of he's kind of dropped off the last couple of years, but he has a YouTube channel that is wildly entertaining. It's just him taking on food challenges. Every single week. Can you watch those? I cannot watch those. Oh, they great. make me want to vomit. He'll do like, all right, I'm going to eat 10,000 French fries. And then oh. he'll just eat like 10,000 French fries. The hot dog thing makes me seriously repulsed. So Matt Stoney will finish second. Write this down. Yeah. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Matt, your final prediction. Uh, can can Judd either plug his ears or leave? Oh, I can leave the room. We can leave the room. Hold on one second. All right. We'll get him out. We'll get him out. Just make sure here. He's been, he wanted to get out anyway. Stuff. Make sure okay. there's no speakers out there. Yeah, that's all right. And all right, Matt. Okay, go he's ahead. gone. All right. So the the Minnesota Twins will win the World Series this year, and Judd will go on the record as to why it is not a tainted or cheapened title. Oh, so he'll change his mind. Yes, he will. On, on he'll be on you know on the air or in in print somewhere. He yep. Will, you know, he will say it is it is 100 percent a legitimate World Series title. I love it. It's so going to happen, too. They're going to win the World Series, and he yeah. will come around for sure. I have, a, I have a similar one with Kirk Cousins. I, I think I think Judd will admit that Kirk Cousins is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Yeah, so, so good one. I, good one. Uh, Matt, uh, you've been great, and I love that you've, you've, you've swung for the fences here, and uh, hopefully you can put a couple. Yeah, you can come back in, Judd. Yep. We're good, yep. Uh, Matt, are there any – got this massive platform right now. Would you like to thank anyone in your life that got you to this point? Uh, well, my, my parents, obviously, um, my wife, my kids, uh, I'm, I'm, I think you just gave me the best news I could have ever heard, Phil. Uh, the, the hot dog eating contest is back, which gives me a way to discuss and uh, repulse my daughters and my wife on the 4th of July. Perfect. God bless America. <laughs> yeah, God bless it's America. pretty gross, man. It's pretty gross, Matt. <laughs> All right, Matt. Take care, man. Happy 4th. See Talk to you later, guys. All right. That's, uh, that's Matt. He used to, Matt used to cover gopher uh, recruiting. Bold prediction. Is this on regarding the record? me? I know. Oh, I said he's bold prediction him. regarding me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty, pretty bold. Good pretty bold. Pretty okay. bold. Okay. All right. Yeah. I would say it was ballsy. All right. Bold. Do you want my last Write one? Write this down. Yep. Write it down. You like writing things down. We will get a report that at least one one NFL head coach or assistant coach won't work this season because of concerns about COVID nineteen. One head or assistant? Yes. So a head, at least one. For like in the league. I think it's going to be more in the league. So I'm not predicting the team. But I'm saying at least one head or assistant coach in the National Football League won't work this season because of COVID-19 concerns. Okay. That's kind of a single. Write it down. You like writing things down. I'm just Write going for hits down. today, okay? okay? Can't always swing for the okay. fences. All right. I don't think I've made a La Liga prediction yet. I think I've gone through Serie A, uh, EPL, Bundesliga. La Liga is back as well, the, the, the Spanish Premier League. Real Sociedad. Okay. Real Sociedad. Declan's very upset. Will defeat UD Levante. Defeat UD. Sometime this weekend. 
Whenever they play. I, it's not today. I know that. You know the prediction. So the Real Sociedad. Declan, spell it. No. No. <laughs> Real Sociedad. So- Language of origin. Like Spanish. the next pandemic. I refuse. St. Cloud State did not t- teach me this. No. Oh, my UV God. Real Levante. Sociedad is coming. <laughs> it's coming no. for us. No. I'm not going to. Write this down. Write it down. You All like right. writing things down. That's a wrap, boys. Uh, you're just going to skip my third prediction? Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. I'm sorry. Wow. You're just wow. Trying to wow. Sorry. I'm sorry. Wow. I you jumped the gun. I thought, sorry. you know what? I'm going to just let him go. Maybe sorry. he'll bring no, it back I'm to me. Totally just That's what he thinks of you, Declan. Sorry. My, my fault. Sorry. Uh, okay. All right. Give us give us a wrap here. Patrick Reed will finish top five in the Rock and Mortgage Classic this weekend. Okay. Patrick Reed. Going to Detroit, right? Yeah, Detroit. He uh, was some, He's a favorite to win. I think he had the second best odds to win. But, uh, you know, I'm just going to go top five. You know what? Of all... I don't like Patrick Reed either, but, but if he plays well there, then let's let's go. Devlin's four for five on his golf predictions so far the last couple. Of all of the sporting events in a time of pandemic where I might say to myself, you know, I'm going to skip that one. Detroit. That one. Well, yeah. Like, what... What I are know you Detroit, doing? I didn't know Detroit had golf. Well, and what are you doing like, near Detroit? Like, Minneapolis, St. Paul? Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Well, they're going to play here. I know they are. But I'm saying Detroit is one where I, I'd be like, let's leave that to the um, to the smaller tour. <laughs> the by, by the way, by the way, that tour is now sponsored by Corn Ferry. Yeah. Corn Ferry. The search firm, right? The search firm, I think, the, which helped the up twins. All the Minnesota teams? I think they helped the twins, right? They, well, they definitely. Didn't they use Corn Ferry for Falvey? I think. Did Corn Ferry also find, quote unquote, Tom Thibodeau? Yes. Corn Ferry identified. You paid 150 grand to. Uh, Tom Thibodeau wants a job. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Appreciate it. Where do Bill I, where, Belichick where, where would like to work. Check out too? Hey, Corn Ferry, thanks for that information. <laughs> Didn't the Gophers use Corn Ferry a couple times too? Yeah, I think the Gophers used Corn Ferry. Did they use it for Fleck or did they use it for... I don't think they used him for Fleck. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, they might have used it for like Jerry Kill or something. But I think the Twins did too. I think the Twins did for Falvey, which worked well. But the funniest one is Tibbs. A lifelong, a lifer coach. Switch! Switch! We've identified... Glenn, 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 great news! What's that? We've identified a lifelong coach as the guy who might want your job. Oh, thanks a lot! Corn Ferry, now into golf. All right, Timberwolves. You think you like appetizers? Tom Thibodeau doesn't just like appetizers. He f***ing loves them. We're looking to add wings. Wings! Yeah! yeah. Wings! Small portions! Yeah. Calamari! <laughs> Mozzarella sticks! Yeah, spinach and artichoke dip! It's a wrap on this episode of Mackie and Judd. And, uh... We'll see you next time. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.